You're listening to the ACB Advocacy Update. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of ACB Advocacy Update. We're excited to have everybody with us again this week. Um, we are here to talk about some exciting stuff in the world of accessibility in the sports world. I'm going to let Clark talk a lot today because I am the furthest thing from an athlete ever, but we're really excited to be joined today by a guest who knows a lot about this world. Um, so before we jump in, I guess I should introduce myself. I'm the advocacy and outreach specialist here at ACB. And as I mentioned, Clark, my colleague. Hey everyone, Clark Rockfall, Director of Advocacy and Governmental Affairs for the American Council of the Blind. As always, thanks to everyone listening to us over ACB Radio, as well as the Advocacy Update on your favorite podcast player. To learn more about ACB, uh, look us up at www.acb.org. Nice and easy, yep. Great, so why don't we just jump in? Um, I just alluded to who you are, Pam. Do you want to introduce yourself for everybody, Pam? Sure. Uh, my name is Pam McGonigal. I am the Director of Development for USABA. I am a four-time Paralympic track and field athlete and an avid sports enthusiast post-Paralympic retirement. Can you um, expand on what USABA is for our listeners if they're not familiar? Sure. USABA is the United States Association of Blind Athletes. We are a nationwide nonprofit, and our mission is to provide physical activities, fitness, sports, recreational opportunities for blind and visually impaired individuals uh, at all levels and uh, in a variety of sports. Pam, could you give us some more background on how you became involved in athletics um, as well as your career with, with uh, USABA, not ACB, but USABA? Sure. So uh, in sixth grade, uh, we were required to uh, participate in an all-school district track and field meet. I was visually impaired at the time, had significantly more acuity than I do now, but still definitely visually impaired and challenged visually. I decided I was going to run 800 meters. I went home, told my parents I would win. That was it. There was no discussion. <laughs> I love it. And fortunately for me, I did. And uh, that's me track and field career started. I ran through high school, through college. College, I started to lose acuity and uh, started running into things and tripping and falling, and it just really wasn't working for me in a competitive environment. And I was working for my physical education curriculum hours. Someone spotted me, recognized that I was visually impaired, introduced me to the concept of utilizing a guide runner, and introduced me to the United States Association of Blind Athletes. That was 1991. And uh, later that year, I was invited for the Barcelona Paralympic Test Meet. And uh, my career took off from there. Um, and then a year ago, I started working for USABA as the Director of Development. And um, so USABA played a major role in, in my life personally and uh, athletically as well as um, professionally. I'm sorry, you do not sound old enough to have been in college <laughs> in 91, so. Oh, I did just reveal my age, eh? <laughs> uh, that's all right. I think uh, Barcelona may have been before Claire was born. <laughs> <laughs> so, Claire, Barcelona hosted the Olympics and Paralympics one year. You may have heard of that. I think I was, I think I was around. What year yeah. was that? <laughs> anyway. <laughs> 
Um, so how long had you been uh, racing and running before you learned that uh, guide running was a thing? So um, elementary school, middle school, and high school. And um, I was challenged during those those years from a visual standpoint across country. I participated and in, in fortunately had talent, so I managed to hold my own. But it was not uncommon for me to run into trees and uh, go home bruised and battered from my cross country <laughs> behind sweatpants so my mother won't see it. <laughs> mm. I, I just always knew the track would be better for me than cross country, so I, I toughed it out during cross country season, knowing that I could redemption during track. And why do you think uh, it took so long before guide running was brought to your attention? I think the 90s was a different time in the uh, world of adaptive sport. I've been blessed to see the evolution of the Paralympic movement from basically 92 through my last games in 94 and as a spectator up to to the the current year for the games and it has been absolutely phenomenal to watch the growth and opportunity and awareness of the of the you know just the general public around the idea of Paralympic sport and sports you know adaptive sport opportunities um it, it kind of helps sort of it's it's sort of a nice nice thing to see knowing that the some of the challenges and the obstacles and the lack of opportunities that we had back in the day um have been removed and and the level of opportunity is heightened to such an, a phenomenal degree yeah and today and also um, earlier in the 90s and 80s the US Association of Blind Athletes has been on the forefront of that evolution and education of adaptive sports so can you talk with us a little bit about um, the USABA and the work that they do? Sure. So um, we have a, a variety of programs and um, from someone who's just interested in getting up and off the couch and out the door to maybe go to a 5k run or a hike or to walk 30 minutes through the day um, to somebody who's at the Paralympic level, the highest level of athletic competition for the blind and visually impaired in the, in the sport of goalball goalball being a sport, a team sport specifically uh, designed and played by the visually impaired and blind. And um, we have sports specific camps available where individuals who are interested in uh, maybe cycling or triathlon um, or five-a-side soccer um, or track and field can attend such a camp. And it might be three to five days held at different locations across the country. We just recently had a triathlon training camp that was held in Colorado Springs at the United States Olympic and Paralympic uh, Training Center, where individuals who are interested in learning more about triathlons came out, spent the time, were matched with guides and pilots, and had the opportunity to work out and learn more about the possibilities in triathlon. I'm sure that there are some athletes from that camp that will end up on the Paralympic team but there are also many athletes from that camp that will compete uh, at their local level or the regional level or the national level. Um, those camps are a great opportunity. I did my first one for cycling back in 1997, I think. And it was just a great opportunity to learn more about the sport in an environment where the accommodation and the adapta adaptation is very natural 
And then it's also, those camps are a great opportunity to create a support system of others who experience the same challenges and understand the challenges of being an athlete who requires accommodations. Um, we also have two winter ski opportunities where you can learn to ski. Uh, one's in Vermont, one's in Colorado, and you can actually attend those camps without ever having skied before. So it's a great opportunity, again, to be exposed and learn about a sport. At those camps, we have people who have never skied before, and we have people that are emerging elite athletes. So it's a really nice combination to, a nice environment to be in. Um, we also host the men's and women's U.S. goalball teams at a resident training uh, Paralympic Center in Fort Wayne, Indiana. Um, and that's been in existence a couple years. So the men and the women for the U.S. team, many of them live out there. And so they're able to train and be coached by the U.S. coaches on a daily basis. And so that's really um, been an incredible opportunity for the growth of the U.S. teams. We're also hosting some uh, a youth goalball camp where girls between the ages of 14 and 19 have the opportunity to learn more about and train under the tutelage of the U.S. women's team. Um, we have a five-a-side soccer identification camp coming up. Um, so there's really a, a wide range of opportunities. We have our signature national fitness challenge, which tends to run on a nine-month program um, calendar. And that that's a great program to get people up and out the door. And it's uh, the whole idea is to engage in some form of physical fitness, whether it be walking, running, hiking, weightlifting, yoga, all kinds of different things, pretty much any sport you want to. And the goal is to obtain 10,000 steps per day measured through a wearable Fitbit, which everyone is part of the National Fitness Challenge receives. That's great, Pam. And I'm so glad that you highlighted uh, the camps that folks can travel and attend, as well as uh, training camps to launch people off to competitive careers, whether Paralympic, local, regional, um, but then also the, the National Fitness Challenge for folks to get up and be more active in their own community. Um, and tell us a little bit more about how that works. So you, you mentioned that everyone gets a Fitbit. Um, yes. What happens from there? So um, it, there are different site locations across the country that are identified. So we partner with other blindness organizations and they deliver the program in their respective communities. And uh, the group gets together um, periodically throughout the course of the nine months and uh, engages in different adaptive opportunities. Maybe they have a, a Saturday afternoon of tandem biking. Um, maybe they have adaptive climbing opportunities or they have a goalball clinic, um, you know, pretty much lots of different things and each site is different. So you would find a site in your um, area and then you would sign up, you would receive the wearable Fitbit, you would have the opportunity to attend these various sports and recreational opportunities throughout the course of the nine months. You would also be, um, your program would be individualized based on where you are at the time with your fitness level and your fitness goals. So it really is a, a program that fits everyone's current fitness levels and their goals. 
And there is um, support through a Facebook group, so we can offer each other support and encouragement. Um, there are opportunities for incentive programs where if you accomplish, you know, 10,000 steps on this day of the week, your name goes into, uh, you know, a pool of individuals and then, some, you know, somebody ends up with a, a gift card or whatnot. So there are different incentive opportunities. And on that page, we showcase various levels of success of individuals who are participating in the program. And you always have access through email um, to a, a program coordinator that can answer any questions you might have about your specific workout plan or the Fitbit or whatnot. And so, for example, Pam, if an ACB chapter in Walla Walla, Washington or <laughs> um, Key West, Florida wanted to participate, would they be able to do that on a chapter or affiliate basis? So the potential exists to do that. We uh, currently have a partnership with Anthem Foundation, and so uh, they determine the specific cities where we would have programming, and then we would find partners. Um, if there is not a partner in your program, excuse me, if there's not a partner program in your area, we can connect you to someone that might be close by, and, and you, it may be that you end up doing a majority of the program independently through a virtual aspect and then just periodically visiting the site location if possible. So, and we're, we're always um, looking for new funding sources to try to expand the reach of that program and develop new um, site partnerships. Well, I know that that is something that our affiliates and chapter would be very much in, interested in working with USABA to make sure that can grow and, again, help people where they are. Uh, USABA has another program that's, uh, coming up soon. It's the second annual National Blind Sports Day mm. uh, coming up in October. Can you tell us about that, Pam? Sure. So uh, National Blind Sports Day, the whole idea is to showcase the abilities and the opportunities that exist for the blind community in sports and recreation, and also to um, educate the public on the abilities and the opportunities to um, assist visually impaired and blind people in their sports pursuits through guide running, piloting, or excuse me, captaining the bike. <laughs> yeah, hopefully, hopefully the, uh, the, the pilot is, is the, uh, the, uh, the captain is the one who can see. So, <laughs> um, and there are various locations across the country that are hosting events. So for example, I just happen to be in the Philadelphia area. And there are three different events that day that individuals can participate in. One's a golf event. One's an overnight event that touches on various sports and has a campfire, campfire and ping pong and five-a-side soccer and goalball and a walking clinic in the morning. Um, and another one is a uh, running program. But on our website, if you go to www.usaba.org, you will see a link for National Blind Sports Day and the events that are that we currently know about that are going on in conjunction with that. And so you can find something in your area. Um, if you are watching that listing, I would encourage you to regularly check it because events are coming in at a fast pace right now. And so we're adding events uh, pretty regularly. So if there's not something in your location now, there might be at another time. Um, in Texas, there's a hockey event for National Blind Sports, a blind hockey event. Mm -hmm. 
think there's an event in Sacramento. There's an event that's running related up in Boston. Um, so there, there are all kinds of different events that uh, present opportunities in different adaptive sports. So can I ask you a question about adaptive sports? So you referenced a couple of times um, guide runners, but I know before we even started recording, you had talked about running with a dog. Um, can you tell us a little bit about your own experience? I think it's a fun new concept for people to know about either having a human guide or now the excitement of having a guide dog that runs with you. Can you tell a little bit about your background in that respect? Sure. So um, I, I have a guide dog from Guiding Eyes for the Blind. She has been specifically trained through their running guide dog program. So she not only does day work with me to navigate the community when I need to go out and about, but she also suits up in a specialized running harness um, to go out and run with me. So any time of the day, we want to decide we're going to go out for a five-mile run. We get the harness on. I put on a vest that says blind just to help create aware, you know, people see we're running and they like hopefully a little respectful of that and, and give us a little extra space. If, if it's a tight, tight fit through a trail, we go out, we run five miles, we come back and it's done. And so um, it's great. It's really very similar to typical guide dog work, except it's at a faster pace because you're jogging or running. Mm-hmm. On pavement or on trail, when your dog is, uh, guiding you while running does Mm -hmm. your dog guide always stay next to you are they ever in front of you what are the logistics so it's basically the same position as you would use for your regular walking day work guide work you know your traditional guide work it's the same location so she would be on my left side and my leg basically falls right on her hip obviously it's individualized depending on, on you and your dog, but I tend to be real close. My, my quad upper leg tends to rest right on her hip, touching fair amount of the time while we're running, but that's just how we work. Um, we work a little tighter when we're on trails because I want more feedback rather than less because there are more obstacles underfoot. Is your dog pretty good at um, understanding the speed that, at which you want to go? Are you guys pretty good at reading each other? Phenomenally good at reading each other. I'm very lucky we have a great, a great partnership, and I couldn't possibly do what she and I do together if we weren't in sync. Um, I've been told when people run behind us that we look like we are one running. Oh, um, that's awesome. Yeah, it's and and it takes time. I mean, we've learned, you know, we've tweaked our style and we've figured out our communication through through trial and error. Um, because it is at a faster pace. And so it's, uh, it's, it's critical that that trust piece comes into play significantly when you're running because it's, you know, it's faster. So things are coming at you quicker and you have to react together rather than separately. For sure. So Pam, you're obviously an elite athlete. Um, Is National Blind Sports Day only for current or elite athletes to participate? And what if someone can't get to um, any of the events that are listed on the USABA website? Is there a way to virtually participate as well? Great, great question. So National Blind Sports Day is for everyone and anyone. So you can be four years old or you can be 99 years old and you participate in National Blind Sports Day. You can run you know, a sub five minute mile or you can run a 20 minute mile. Mm-hmm. 
National Blind Sports Day is for you. It is very much all-inclusive. And, you know, we love the idea of it appealing to people that might not currently be active and might just be that extra little push that they need to get out and try something new and then find how much they like being involved in recreational activities and then hopefully pursue it on a regular basis. So it's very much open to, for everyone. And it also is kind of nice because it's, it's one day. And so it's a celebration in the sense that so many different locations across the country on that very same day are showcasing opportunities, awareness, and education. And because it's a one day event, it's a great opportunity to take friends and family along with you uh, to experience and, and learn more about what they can do to help facilitate the visually impaired blind person being more active. That's great. And that date is uh, Saturday, October 5th, correct? Correct. And there are some events that um, they have a date leading up to the 5th that might occur the week before, but the majority of the events are on the 5th. Awesome. I know my alma mater, Towson University uh, in Maryland, is hosting a goalball tournament. Uh, when I went to Towson, I had no idea what goalball was. Really? So, absolutely. So that would have been really cool if I had known that then. And I think that one of the great things about this event is just to build awareness. So someone like you, Pam, doesn't have to run throughout her entire uh, academic career not knowing that there's such a thing as guide running so that folks can um, get introduced to and experiment with different adaptive sports. Uh, but also, if there's no event in your area, that sounds like a great opportunity to create an event. Reach out to partners in your community and pull together an event to get people out and active and introduce them um, to people who are blind in the blind community in the area, um, but also introduce others to adaptive sports that they might not know about. So Pam, uh, again, how can people learn more about the programs of USABA, the National Fitness Challenge, and especially National Blind Sports Day coming up on Saturday, October 5th? So um, you can go to the USABA website, which is www.usaba.org. Another uh, great place to learn about um, event, upcoming events is our Facebook page. So if you go on Facebook and search United States Association of Blind Athletes, our Facebook page comes up, click like, and uh, it'll show up on your feed. And that's always a great place to find out about upcoming events. Also, um, to see what others are doing out in the arena of sports and all different levels and all different ideas. It's a great place to learn about resources, a great place to, to find a little um, encouragement if you're having a rough day because your guide bailed on you and you didn't get to do your workout. So um, the, the Facebook page is really a, a great source of information as well. And if there isn't a local event on National Blind Sports Day, we have the Anthem 5K, which is a virtual 5K. You can sign up either through a link on our Facebook page or through our website and um, commit to running or walking at any pace any place. It doesn't have to be an existing event. You could go to a local 5K, but you could also just say you're going to walk a 5K in your neighborhood or at the local park, and you could go out and do that. And if you sign up, we can um, put you in partnership with um, an Anthem employee, and the two of you can encourage, uh, encourage each other leading up to and the day of the event. So it's kind of a fun way to do it. 
Um, my son is visually impaired. He's attending a, a local event in our area for National Blind Sports Day, the overnight camp, actually. But he, my husband, Maida, and myself, we have signed up for the virtual 5K as well. That's awesome. Awesome. I know an issue that has come up with the ACB membership um, quite some time, year over year, is the uh, general inaccessibility, especially of um, cardio exercise equipment. Uh, whether it's touchscreen displays, it's flat panels, um, buttons that aren't labeled, even if they have, uh, I guess, wireless connectivity to a smartphone or another device, the applications might not be accessible. And you know, USABA has been a great partner along with the American Council of the Blind and the Mobility Fitness Foundation in pushing for the Exercise and Fitness for All Act. Um, so thank you for sharing ways that people can become more physically active um, by not relying on, you know, in some cases, exercise equipment. Uh, I think letting people know that going for a walk or a run with a sighted guide or tandem cycling with a pilot um, are options that are available to them as well. Um, does USABA have a list of resources for if people want to find out more about how to uh, become physically active in events like that? Yes, you can. Um, again, if you go to the website, there are, there's, there's a resource section. Also, the, um, the Facebook page offers some great opportunities. And, um, you know, if you, there are a couple of different, I'm trying to think of the one. Um, there are a couple of great, um, pages on Facebook groups that if you get involved with, it's just like resource after resource after resource. And so if you have the opportunity to engage with others who are active in the blind community, um, you can learn about lots of different resources. There's, you know, there's Achilles International. They have some great running and walking programs and it, it doesn't matter what level, what pace, what distance you're running or walking they match you up with guides. They usually meet at least once a week and then friendships develop. And, and I know that teams start meeting more than just a standardized time. There's also the United in Stride website, which matches you with um, guides in your local community. Um, and that's both for walking and running. And again, you don't have to be currently active in either of those things to tap into the guides from that 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 resource. United Strides is an online database. You go in, you type in, uh, you create a profile, you type in your, ge your geographic location, you give a sense of what you're looking for, how far you want to run, how fast you want to run, and then the database matches you up with individuals from your area that have expressed an interest in guide running or guide walking, and then you're matched up and kind of get up and go. Um, also, the nice thing about that is you don't exchange any personal information unless you so choose to do so all the connections are done within united in stride database mm, that's great yeah that's great when i was attending an acb convention in uh, sparks nevada just outside of reno i connected with a guide through united in stride and like pam said it's not just a resource for um highly trained or skilled runners. I am neither, uh, but it's to connect with people that share a passion for um, getting up, getting moving, and having some camaraderie 
uh, while getting a bit of exercise and fitness. Pam, thank you so much for the information that you've shared. Um, I know there's a lot more going on with USABA and you guys do a great job of sharing that with us as well as updating your calendar. Uh, are there any closing thoughts from you on this topic? I think I'd like to, to just say, you know, even for those of us, Clark can attest to this as well, I'm sure, that have competed at a very high level, uh, being a visually impaired blind athlete can be frustrating because there are challenges and there are, are adaptations that need to be made. But I would just encourage you to reach out to others to support you when, get, when you get in one of, you know, you get in a position where, where the challenges are sort of, you know, in your face for that day or for that week or for that month and just push through it because uh, the benefits of being active are just so phenomenal from your emotional state to your physical state to your mental state. And for me personally, being active makes me a better blind traveler. And that's, you know, that's huge being able to be independent and be out there getting and going to where I want to go, not just athletically, but in my day-to-day -day life. So uh, when the times get tough, just, just try to find people around you to support you and reach out to, to some of uh, the various resources in the, in the blind community. What a great point, Pam. Um, one of the issues we deal a lot with is the uh, rate of vision loss due to diabetes mm -hmm. uh, within our community. And a lot of that can be um, exacerbated by um, a population that is more sedentary or does not um, exercise and move as much as sighted peers. Um, so it's great to know that USABA and other organizations exist to help people get more active and live happier, healthier lifestyles. So thank you. Yeah, so thank you so much, Pam, for being on today. And thank you to all of our listeners who uh, listened in again this week. Please stay tuned um, next week for another episode. Again, if you have any um, questions or want to learn more about ACB, go to acb.org and check out our website. Also, if you have any issues um, of um, advocacy where you are struggling with something or you want more information or you might uh, need some advice, you can always reach us at advocacy at acb.org. That's advocacy at acb.org. And uh, yeah. Thanks again for everybody listening. Clark, what do we always say? Well, at first we say make sure to share with us um, at advocacy.acb.org what you plan to do or what you will do for National Blind Sports Day. There we go. And to close us out, Claire, keep, keep advocating. advocating.